Season 1, Episode 9 of Sprott Gold Talk Radio. I'm your host, Ed Coyne, Senior Managing Director at Sprott Asset Management. I am pleased to be joined today by Mike DiRenzio from the Silver Institute, which dedicates its time and efforts to serve as the industry's voice in increasing public understanding of the many uses and values of silver. Hello, Mike, and, and thank you for joining us on Sprott Gold Talk Radio. Well, hello, Ed. Thank you. It is absolutely a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you. Well, we're happy to have you. And, and I thought, Mike, before we dive into all things silver, I think it would be helpful to hear a bit about yourself and the work you do at the Silver Institute, um, which I understand is celebrating its 50th year anniversary. That's exactly right, Ed. 50 years. You know, when the, uh, when the Institute began 50 years ago, it was more of a technical resource for miners or refiners and a lot of end users. And they did a lot of special small reports on such things as photography, which was really big at the time in terms of silver use, brazing and alloys and so forth. And then over the years, it's developed into a, uh, a market development uh, association. So our members are mining companies, refiners, wholesalers of silver investment products, transporters, bullion suppliers, etc. So that's what we do. We, we, you know, one of our main missions here at the Institute is to encourage the development and report on the uses of silver and silver-based products. We like to help try to develop markets for silver and its products. And we do that in a variety of ways. And one of the more important things we do is we, we collect and publish statistics and other information um, about production, distribution, marketing, consumption, and the use of silver and silver-based products. Well, that's fantastic. It's much needed. Every year, as, as the world expands, uh, the interest level for silver continues to grow. And we're coming up on the last few months of 2021. And clearly, everyone knows that a lot has happened this year, as well as, frankly, the last couple of years. And silver has been on the front page many days in social media and on the newspapers and from a pricing standpoint and so forth. At Sprott, we tend to focus mostly on the investment merits of silver. But, you know, in reading a lot of the papers that the Silver Institute has put out, you guys go much further than that. As, as you mentioned, you, know, you really talk about silver in a lot of different ways and work with, you know, mining companies, refining companies and so forth. Please hit some of the highlights or some of the things that have happened of note to silver or with silver um, over the last couple of years. And I guess more specifically, you know, how is silver changing uh, in the modern market today? Well, that's a great question, Ed. And, you know, we are looking at a, a different dynamic in the silver market today. We have recognized that silver is now a green and a techno metal. And I'll get into that a little more specifically. The optimism for silver's prospects as a a green energy uh, demand center remain very, very strong. Its role as a decarbonization metal, for example, includes you know a combination of global efforts to reduce fossil fuel reliance, legislation to lower carbon emissions, and favorable tax government policies. We believe will result in a continued expansion of not only silver's use in solar panels and their installations across the world but also Silver's incorporation into this whole new wave of techno-automobiles with respect to battery electric vehicles. So if you just take solar panel, for example, and you look at the state of California, 
They have mandated that new residential homes be built with solar electricity systems. This is a win-win for silver. Silver, as you know, is included in most photovoltaic installations, and uh, we think this is going to bode very well. We're, we're actually projecting that, that about 105 million ounces of silver will be going into solar panels this year. So it's about a 4 million ounce increase over last year. And in terms of automobiles, I mean, look, let's face it. Countries across the world are mandating that we get off the internal combustion engine. And we put out a report earlier this year on silver's use in automobiles. We think that even given the, some of the supply chain issues with respect to chips, silver's use in automobiles will be very strong this year, about 64, 65 million ounces. And it'll grow to about 80 million ounces by uh, 2025. Well, silver is definitely at the forefront, it seems, on the carbon neutral initiative or focus. You know, you hear a lot about, you know, by 2050, we're going to be carbon neutral. And, and God willing, you know, you and I are still around to see it. So uh, I'm yeah. in my early 50s and, you know, I, I suspect I will, but it's going to be, it'll, it'll be tough sledding. We'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, one <laughs> of the things that always comes up when I talk to people about precious metals in general, it's kind of like when you tell people you're in finance, they always ask you a number one question, which is, what did the market do today? You know, in the precious metals world, I always uh, get questions about the gold to silver ratio. And, you know, that's a ratio that's been long term established over time, but it's also had some wild swings over the years. At the Silver Institute, how do you guys look at that? Do you even think about that? You know, what, what does the gold to silver ratio mean to you all when you're looking at silver um, as a metal itself? Well, you know, since we're an all-encompassing organization, we focus on obviously silver investment, but silver jewelry, supply, demand, and so forth. We get that question a lot. And I like to tell people who call in with that question that while we don't actively track it, we know what it is. It's about 74 today. It's included in some of our investment reports. It was reported on in our World Silver Survey of 2021. It will be a subject of a conversation when we do our interim review on the market next month. So it's something that we don't track day to day, but we're keenly aware of the number itself. Well, thank you for that. And, and you know, for those that aren't familiar with it, you know, the gold to silver ratio is just simply, you know, how many ounces of silver would it take to buy an ounce of gold? So it, it does seem like uh, it's relevant, but it, at some level, it also sort of is losing its meaning as silver becomes more of a um, green and techno type of metal. You know, at Sprott, we like to say that gold is the original alternative investment, um, as well as a productive hedge to a diversified portfolio. On the other hand, we view silver as a traditional commodity or a consumer metal. But as silver becomes more modern and used in more uh, consumed products and services, whether it's solar or even 5G and, and, and cell towers and so forth, how are you viewing that today? We like to say that silver essentially surrounds us all. And odds are very, very good that if it has an on and off switch, silver is contained in that product. You know, it could be anything from automobiles, cell phones, mobile phones, computers. We mentioned solar panels, modern televisions, as well as the many medical uses that silver has. You know, the white metal is essentially all around us. So we... Uh, do individual reports. And last year, we started a series called Market Trend Reports. And we've reported on everything from silver's role in autos, silver in printed and flexible technologies, 5G and silver, 
silver and solar energy, and of course, our most recent one was silver and global connectivity. So we see that these various components of the overall market need to be addressed in a more granular way, and that's why we've launched this series of reports on various aspects of silver's use. Well, it's going to be a report that's probably as thick as a phone book. Um, for those that remember phone books, I guess. But um, it might be easier to do an article or a paper on what silver is not used for than it is for what silver is used for. Yeah, so I think absolutely. That's, that's something I think more and more people are going to be made aware of, that it, it really does. I, I like what you said, you know, it surrounds all of us. If it has an on-off switch, silver's probably involved. Back in September, you guys published a report titled Silver and Global Connectivity. I know you've talked about it a little bit, but maybe, you know, if, if you can kind of go back to the archive and, and hit us with a couple highlights of, you know, what you're really talking about with silver and global connectivity, um, what that means in today's world, you know, like you said, on off switch and how it surrounds us all. Uh, that might be that might be useful for people to think about in those terms as well. Yeah, that that, too, is a great question. And that's one of the reason why we reasons why we did this report. We do believe that the next generation of uh, technological advancements, um, especially those that rely on global connectivity, will rely on silver's inherent properties as the best conductor of electricity in terms of a metal throughout the 21st century. So when you take a look at the world is becoming more connected through the billions of physical devices that we all have, Silver is playing an important role in connecting these devices. You know, when you look at global markets and communications and the boosting of productivity, reducing waste and inefficiencies, strengthening supply chains, which is a major issue today, and, of course, greater automation, uh, which hopefully will lead to greater economic activity, silver is playing a role. Each application will require various sensors and contacts. All of those will include silver. And this could be for the communications, for the tracking and monitoring of devices to simple items like turning on your heat when you're in your car or turning on your alarm system while you're at home using your phone or your iPad. We think that this is a major, major boost for silver going forward. And it will, of course, add to silver's very important role in the electrical and electronic sector much through the 21st century. That's a great point, a great highlight. And, and I, I'm just thinking about like what we're doing right now, looking at my iPad and using my headphones and, and, and silver's part of all of that. So it's, it is. That's, that's, it's a great point. I want to shift gears for a minute because, you know, we're obviously talking about a lot of the positives in silver and silver and mining in general tend to get painted from time to time with a negative environmental brush. You know, there's no getting around it. We do have to dig holes in the ground to pull out the ore and so forth. But with the rise of ESG, you know, which is environment, social governance, or sustainable investing in general, what would you say to investors who are environmentally focused with their portfolio? What role does silver play in a world of rising ESG mandates? Will there be stumbling blocks there as we move forward? That too is something that we are addressing from the Institute's standpoint. And Last year, in 2020, we released our Silver Sustainability Initiative. It talks to the various issues our member mining companies are doing in the localities where they operate, many of which are not in the United States. Some are. Some are in Canada, but a lot of them are in countries, uh, Peru, South America, other 
Mexico, other countries, Europe, Australia, and so forth. And we take this issue very, very seriously. And for the bulk of 2021, our sustainability committee has been working on producing an ESG carbon footprint study. And what we're doing with that essentially is trying to assess a specific number by going through our member operations and coming up with a a number of, uh, in terms of uh, the carbon footprint. And it's difficult for silver. It's much easier for a metal, say, for example, gold. Because as you know well, Ed, only 30% mined silver comes from a primary silver mine. So we're working with some outside consultants and hope to have a report by the end of this year. If not, it'll be early 2022. That's fantastic. Thank you. You know, lastly, at Sprott, we aim to advise investors on the many precious metal solutions available to them as they look really to construct a balanced portfolio. From a pure investment standpoint, how can investors participate today or how should they think about investing today in the market as it relates specifically to silver? Silver has been a safe and sound investment for centuries, over 6,000 years. And we think that investors of all stripes should gain some exposure to silver. You know, its intrinsic value persists even today, and it has earned the place in an individual's portfolio. People can put silver and gold into their IRA accounts now in the United States, provided they maintain a certain fineness of 99.9% silver, must be stored by a third-party custodian. But the opportunities to acquire silver are endless, and we see a growing silver price in 2021, when you look at the average price of $20.55 for 2020, the average price today is $25.51. So that's a good increase, $5 in any given year in a thin market. We just think that silver's value has been proven as a precious metal, and it is a time-tested commodity. And if anybody wants information on investing in silver, the various ways in which one can acquire silver, please go to our website at silverinstitute.org where we have a nice section on silver investment. Well, and, and that's spot on. I mean, I, I would agree. I spent, you know, just getting ready for this interview, I spent a lot of time kind of going through your website. You guys do a tremendous job really highlighting different areas. Mike, we really appreciate you joining us on Sprock Gold Talk Radio today. And, and for our listeners who would like to learn more about Mike and his work, um, at the Silver Institute, we encourage you, as Mike just suggested, to visit silverinstitute.org and check out one of their many topics on on, on silver. Um, a few of the topics I actually found interesting, which you may as well, is you know silver and in industry, which we talked about, silver and sustainability, which we also addressed, and then lastly, the supply and demand of silver. So those are just one of many of the articles they do a nice job highlighting um, at silverinstitute.org, and I encourage you to, to check them out and, and see what they're all about. Once again, I'm your host, Ed Coyne, and thank you for listening to Sprock Gold Talk Radio. You have been listening to the Gold Talk podcast by Sprott Inc. For more information and insights on precious metals investing, please visit Sprott.com. 
This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or recommendation from any Sprott entity to the listener. Neither Sprott nor any of its affiliates make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast. And any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Sprott, and Sprott is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Sprott to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Sprott entity. Past performance is no indication of future results. Thank you.